Tainan Portillo presents Featuring the best horror stories of the 19th century Welcome to The Poe Show Podcast Narrated by Tynan Portillo. Today's episode, The Raven, by Edgar Allan Poe. volume of forgotten lore. While I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. To some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, only this and nothing more. Ah, Distinctly, I remember it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly, I wished the morrow. Vainly, I had sought to borrow from my books surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name. Lenore, nameless here forevermore, and the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before, so that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, this it is and nothing more." Presently, my soul grew stronger. Hesitating then no longer, Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore, but the fact is, I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door. Darkness there. And nothing more. Deep into that darkness, peering long, I stood there, wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the darkness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore. Merely this, and nothing more. Back into the chamber, turning, all my soul within me burning. Soon again I heard a tapping, somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, 
and this mystery explore. Tis the wind and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when with many a flirt and flutter in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he. Not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mien of lord or lady perched above my chamber door. Perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door. Perched and sat and nothing more. Then this ebony bird, beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore, Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven. Ghastly, grim, and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore, tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's Plutonian shore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Much I marveled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore, for we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber door, with such name as Nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely on the placid bust, spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before, on the morrow he will leave me as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken, Doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store, caught from some unhappy master, whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster, till his songs one burden bore, till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore, of never, nevermore. But the raven still beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, straight I wheeled a cushion seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then upon the velvet sinking I betook myself to linking fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining with my head at ease, reclining on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er, but whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press. Ah, nevermore. Then, methought, the air grew denser, performed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim, whose footfalls tingled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee, by these angels hath he sent thee, respite, respite nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, oh, quaff this kind nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still of bird or devil, whether tempter sent or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet all undaunted, on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? 
Tell me, tell me, I implore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that god we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden if, within the distant Aden, it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore, clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Be that word a sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked up starting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's Plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven. Nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming, and the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. Although it was originally published in 1845 by Edgar Allan Poe, The Raven has become a worldwide classic of horror literature and popular significance. Any talk of Poe usually references a raven, which is interesting because Poe was actually inspired by Grip, the pet raven of Charles Dickens, who also wrote a novel about his pet Grip called Barnaby Rudge. And that's where Edgar Allan Poe is said to have gotten the idea for The Raven. References to Poe's work range from literature to short films to popular feature films. In 1915, a silent film was made about this very story. And in 1962, the Walt Disney Donald Duck comic called Raven Mad features a raven who can only say, nevermore. And a feature film in 2012 titled The Raven, was actually a story of a murderer depicting Poe's violent stories in the real world. It's a fantastic movie, though. You should really see it. I personally love how this is a story of loss. The narrator is completely lost in his sorrow over losing his lover, Lenore, even asking if someone knocking at the door was her. Um, I feel like Poe of course, really gets into the mentality of characters of loss and his poems and stories always speak to me on that matter. It's also significant the symbolism that he has using a raven, which seems to depict never-ending remembrance of sorrow, and how the raven sits on a pallid bust of Pallas, referencing uh, Pallas Athena, who usually represents wisdom and sanity. And it could be that the raven represents wisdom, uh, but it's more likely that the raven sitting on top of that bust 
means it's a threat to the narrator's wisdom and symbolizes his descent into madness over reason. He asks the raven if he'll ever see his lover again by asking, is there bomb in Gilead? Uh, referencing the biblical herb that would forgive all sins and completely heal someone. And then it just resolves with him saying, his soul shall be lifted nevermore, uh, signifying that he has completely succumbed to the madness and the sorrow of losing his Lenore. Such a beautiful and tragic poem that, to me, it will always be one of Poe's greatest. Thank you for listening to this first episode of the Poe Show podcast. I'm so happy you found it, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, then please like this episode, rate it, share it, follow and subscribe to this podcast. And if you'd like to donate to this podcast, you can find it on Patreon. The Poe Show podcast is also on Instagram, so follow on there if you enjoy this kind of content. And if you have any questions or suggestions for the next episode, feel free to email poeshowpod at gmail.com, and I'll be answering some questions at the end of episodes as I'm able. Thanks again, and listen in next time on the Poe Show Podcast. <laughs>